Welcome to the 19th episode of Ponies, Puppies, Peonies, and Pick-Me-Ups. A podcast about a married couple trying to take care of a horse farm and live a little more sustainably without getting terribly snarky with one another. Indeed. So, it's been about six months since we've done this podcast. Um, life got in the way, um, and actually, Kevin and I, unfortunately, got COVID finally. Yeah, uh, so first of all, happy Thanksgiving. Today's yes. Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, so we, um, over the summer, uh, had both come down with COVID. We were fully vaccinated, but had made a point over the last two years to try to uh minimize social gatherings and wear masks and all that but it finally got to us yeah probably omicron or whatever variant it was yeah my fault um i decided to go out with my friend for my birthday and um yeah like three days later got sick so i don't know it was my time i guess and you um you didn't test positive immediately no i didn't we had gotten the test and um and then I was fine for a day or two. Yeah. And it finally, I started to get kind of lethargic. Yep. And you uh, had reached out to um, CVS. CVS and got the Paxlovid. Yeah. And we're not sure that that was the best move. But the problem was, I my symptoms, how I started was I came down with 103.5 temperature. Yeah. That was the scary thing. It was super high. I, yeah. And your temperature is usually low, like yeah. below, like, 98 yeah and it was funny because i didn't feel sick i just all of a sudden started shivery i felt shivery like like for some reason the house was cold i didn't actually feel sick which was weird yeah and Um, and we took your temperature and yeah we might have had one bad reading but we took it an hour later and it was still high so it was super high high. and i had taken some ibuprofen and it was just like ugh. so we had to watch that closely yeah so it was like the type like everybody says i got like super tired I was lethargic I like could barely go out and do the horses and then had to nap um but anyways we made it through the other side fairly well well you um similar to the president you had taken Paxlovid and then you rebounded again I did which is kind of annoying um and not only that the Paxlovid leaves an awful yeah, awful like, taste in your mouth. And your doctor said it like it he, it's because it works through your salivary your um salivary glands. Yes. And then um basically it just recycles. So just as you were getting rid of the taste, you would have to take another pill. It was awful. Yeah, my my doctor said I didn't need it. No. So I didn't take it. So luckily it just uh They did give me an inhaler though that actually worked really well. Yeah. Um so you know so yeah, we made it through that, and we're coming up. Uh, it's been, I think they say three months, and then you can get your booster because mm-hmm. we were getting ready to get our booster, and then we came down with it. So now, now it's time to get yeah. our booster, um, and then get. Uh, I already got my flu shot, but we got to get a flu shot for you with uh, no it doesn't have all the al- allergens in it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's just kind of one of those things. So so uh, working down through the agenda. Yeah. Ponies, the horses. Puppies, the dogs, Puppies. <laughs> uh, peonies, all the flowers, gardening, etc. cetera. Uh, pick me ups, a couple of drinks we'll talk yeah, about. Yeah, then we have the poultry, we have the pretty cats, and some products. Cats and, yeah. So, yeah. So, top of the order, horses, 
So um, I think last time we talked, which was like six months ago, Risa was like all messy because of her EPM. She seems to be fine. She's also kind of recovered from her foundering. Yeah, so uh, that's interesting. Um, So you had to work with both the vet and the farrier, the farrier who does the shoes for the horses. Megan, who's wonderful. Angle each time that you... Risa got new shoes, had to angle it properly so that the, the hoof would grow yep. more to kind of balance out bone. and overcome the foundering. Foundering is where it dips dips, and it can uh, really... Sink through the foot. Yeah, kill the horse. So, uh, but yeah, that's, she's <clears throat> kind of leveled off. Yeah. Um, she has a, um, a medicine paddock. We built it off of Just her stall. Some, some uh, fencing. Yeah. Um, and... I, she because she was foundering, she couldn't eat a lot of grass. Grass, so it's just on on um, bluestone. Yeah, and she's so. Anyways, we um she was not happy about it not having any grass in yeah. it. She's been pretty pissy about that. Wow, that she really was pissy with the we, we had to muzzle her because there oh was yeah that was enough bad. grass coming up through the bluestone, <laughs> but she doesn't like that. But then I mean, there's just not enough grass, so we stopped using the muzzle. Yeah, and so we um, let her go in and out. And most of the time we would find her in. Um, Anyways, but on a positive note, it's really good that Risa, who's a stick of dynamite and very like hot mare in general, loves her stall because (laughs) she becomes our saving grace when James, again, hurts himself. Yeah, so um, for a horse that's as powerful as she is, to just be completely comfortable staying in her stall all day, as long as she has hay and water, just really perplexing to me. But I know, but we're going to be thankful yeah. for that because... Um, James hurt himself again. Again. So we had a really good ride with him. We shipped him down to the Lovettsville. Um, there was an a outdoor ring. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice big ring. Oh, ring, it's like beautiful. Great footing. 200 by 300. Yeah, yeah. The soft footing. And, and... Uh, took him and Guinness. Guinness here, should, it should have been a signal to us. Guinness here was not really looking forward to getting on the trailer. trailer which is fine i no, it's not fine it's actually terrible um guinness when he was a baby everybody that knew guinness when he was younger used to give me a hard time about getting on the horse trailer like he would just sit there the more you tri- put pressure on him the more he'd be like no i'm not getting on and he has like the will of like i don't know he's very strong-willed so he is I, he's a stubborn horse and it's like when he stops being stubborn, that's when we know he's not doing well. Yeah. And so I learned over time not to actually we ignore the dog. noise. We have a dog passing yes. by. Um, I learned over time not to push him or put pressure on him or try to force him because it just made my waiting for him to get on the horse trailer longer. The problem is him not getting on the horse trailer, it really pissed off James. Like James was good for a bit. And then James was like, I can't handle being on the horse trail anymore. And he started to thrash. So essentially what we ended up doing is leaving Guinness with Kevin. Yeah. So we had a good ride and then it just, uh, we were going to wait Guinness out, but then James started, like Kelly said, started to thrash. Uh, we're going to have a little dog drinking water here in a moment. <laughs> um, anyhow. Um, so yeah, I took uh Luckily, we lived nearby, so I took Guinness back up to the ring because it was enclosed, and then Kelly left to take James home, and they were—they're both neighing to each other. It's like screaming, and then I drove my away. Best yeah, and then I drove away, and I turned around and I looked, and Guinness was running free, and Kevin was 
looked like he was pummeled over. But, and I was like, but oh. it it was the first time that Guinness uh, was a little too wild for me. So I was afraid he was going to break free of the uh, the lead rope. So I just took it off his halter and let him run, which was good because there was he wasn't going to get out and. Um, I guess I was putting it on the fence, and it looked when Kelly looked back, it looked like it was bent over. But he uh, he calmed down a little bit. Kelly came back. We were hoping we could get him right back on, and he was stubborn. He's like, nope. And and it's not like he he was not able to get on. It was like he was wanting to stay there. Like he was looking at the soccer fields, and I'm he not, was I'm like, not ready to go. I'm not. And like, just so everyone knows, our house is like five minutes from the ring, so it's not like. I had to transport James, James 20 minutes yeah. and leave Kevin there to like, you know, fend for his life with Guinness being a fire breathing dragging. It was only a few minutes down the road. Yeah. So, but luckily a woman who's from Maryland showed up with her endurance horses and she saw me and she's like, Hey, want help getting on the horse trailer? And I was like, yeah, no, because you know, my history with him is the more you pressure him, the more he, he's stubborn. He says no. <laughs> And we already had a lunge line and a whip, um, a dressage whip, to try to tap him, to kind of encourage him to walk forward, not beat him like yeah. a crazy person or anything like that. Um, and she was like, okay. And so I said, no. And she went off to do her thing. And then she came back 20 minutes later and she was like, hey, um, you sure you don't want help? Because here's the deal. I'm going to be pulling my horses off the horse trailer. And I'm pretty sure once I do that, your horse is never getting on the horse trailer. Yeah. Which and I was she like, made a good point. And I was like, okay, if you're willing to help, why not? I'm not getting any success. So Kevin and her crisscrossed with lunch with, uh, lunch lines, rather. Kind of up behind his rear to kind of help help show him he couldn't go back. Yeah, and she tapped him and tapped him and tapped him. And he kind of backed up once and pushed against her. And then he basically um, walked on. Yeah. Yeah, and just like nothing was going wrong. And, nope. Um, he uh, was fine thereafter at yeah. that moment. But it's we're not going to take him anywhere uh, until more we practice until we can practice by himself here. yeah just because i don't want to like first of all i don't want to put him on with gg because gg so far actually like works really well and gets on the horse trailer yeah. and then i don't want to put james in a situation where he doesn't want a trailer anymore so essentially he will be shipped by himself and then if i have to spend 15 hours getting him on the horse trailer so be it yeah um but it's by himself um and then Essentially, after that ride, like two days later, he ended up, uh, James ended up getting a puncture around yeah. his hawk. You, uh, so talk about James. I'm going to move Obi. Okay, thank gonna, you. I'll be right back. <laughs> so James and Guinness were turned out together, and I went to go um, bring them in, and I looked, and I was like, well, that looks like a really weird um, cut on his hawk. I think that's a puncture. And that also looks like it might have fluid coming out of it which means essentially i was afraid that he actually punctured his hawk and so i was trying to get a hold of the vet um my vet was actually not on call of course it's the evening and luckily dr um, joyce was and so dr joyce ended up coming out right away and in the meantime, I was trying to call my husband the whole time to tell him his horse had hurt himself, and his husband was nowhere to be near his phone. No, I was up in the, uh, well, doing some work. And yeah, didn't have cell service. So, yeah. So. Um, but what I did 
finally call you. <laughs> it was like, uh, we may have to put James down. I thought, holy cow, what yeah. did he do? Uh, but uh, the nature of the injury and where it was, was uh, being on the hawk, which is like the back leg, but it's more of an elbow than a knee. It looks like, if you were to look at it from a human perspective, it yeah. looks like an elbow. It kind of sticks out. But if it had punctured the hawk, it, we could have taken him in, but it could have really been yeah irrecoverable. So one of the things with um, a puncture that compromises the joint to the hawk, sometimes the fluid comes out, the synovial fluid, and so then you need to flush it to make sure there's no infection in there, but then they have to re-inject it so there's more fluid in there. And... Um, Essentially, we ended up going to the opposite side of where the injury was where, and injecting into the joint with saline fluid to make sure that it wasn't going to just like come out the other side because that joint, they talk to each other. And one of the things Dr. Joyce said is sometimes there's fibers that look like feathers inside their hawk that can stop the fluid from moving forward, especially if it's had an opportunity to heal a little bit from the inside on the other side. So what we did is we decided to not ship him. Um, the second option we also decided to do was to inject the hawk with antibiotic directly. The needle was already in there, figured might as well do it as precautionary. We've learned over time that James... You need strong antibiotics. He needs strong antibiotics, and you just can't be cheap with him because if you are, he costs you more money in the end. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, um, Dr. Joyce stitched the other, the, the hole and it was, it looked like a slice, but I saw the hole. So, and then when he was pulling the skin to suture, he saw the hole and it looks like it actually looked like a nail went down in it, which is really weird. Yeah. Um, I've walked the fence line. I we can't find anything. That, yeah. I'm going to go walk the run-in shed because that was a good suggestion the other day and I was like okay but the way it is it's like weird where the nail would have gone down yeah. I, I don't and know there's some trees down there that he could have hit punctured a on yeah. or something but anyways long story short um, we also put him on exceed and we put him on gentamicin the, those antibiotics, antibiotics on yeah. top of that and then he needed 10 days of stall rest well not 10 days he needed 10 10 to 15 days for the sutures yeah which also meant stall rest yeah. because he's a He's a doofus, and he yeah. goes out and he runs around like a maniac. And but he's not one to stay in the stall. Yeah, I don't understand how he happily. lived in a stall most of his life on the track, but whatever. And so he doesn't like it. And so luckily for us, Risa actually is his babysitter. Yeah, it's actually worked out yeah, pretty well. I had to ace him in the first couple of days, and then um, we moved his stall across from Risa because that was normally Guinness's stall. He's been fine. And then as soon as you know everybody goes out, he calls. They call to each other, but he's happy as long as Risa's in her stall. Yeah. So today my... is day ten or eleven, and so fourteen. You're... Oh, okay. So you, you're able to take the suitcase. Well, fourteen was yesterday. But we did in the evening, so like yeah. I would consider today fourteen fifteen, like yeah. And so I'm gonna try to take his stitches out today, right. and then give him today to like chill, and then tomorrow morning we'll give him some tranquilizer because I, I don't want him to be a lunatic turned out, yeah. Um, and hurt himself again, and we'll turn him and get us out tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, and mm -hmm. so hopefully we can move on, and then Risa can start going in and out of her paddock because I also just didn't want to turn her out and cause James to freak out. Yeah. So she's been like. Happy as a clam, eating hay in her saw. Yeah, so um, all's well that ends well. Hopefully that yeah. continues. And Gigi's been great. Yeah, she's been uh, taking her out and uh, 
working with her a lot in hand, doing a lot of lunging, getting on her. Um, there's nobody on this property when Kevin goes to work. And so like, she's not necessarily great in our ring because of all the tree lines and she's like a little spooky and she's afraid of deer jumping out. And by the way, deer do jump out yeah, all the time and they have zero fear when it comes to me and the horses. Yeah. So a couple of times she's gotten pretty well spooked up there and she was a little inconsolable and hard to handle. And so I took a different approach. I decided to ride in her in her paddock because at least then I have a fence line around us. And yeah, it's a little hilly and it's a little up and down. And yeah, it's probably not the best place to ride her, but at least um, I feel like if I lose her, which I have lost her, um, at least she's contained in a ring uh, in like with fencing. And so I've actually had some really nice rides on her and they... Um, you know the cats like to try to torture me and yeah they'll they're, they're, they hop out of nowhere they stalk me and watch me they're kind of uh fearless they'll follow uh follow you into the paddock and like right behind the, the horse, horse and they just and stand and there and watch stand you stand in the it's middle weird. of the field like where she's yeah it's going just around, weird. But... but anyways the other day i'm just gonna add that kevin was on guinness and randomly, I just, it was nighttime, it was dark, and I decided we were going to lunge Gigi, and he and was going to walk around. we went into the paddock. Luckily. And... She got away from you. She did. And she <laughs> did a beeline to me and Guinness. And I yelled, get off! And Guinness heard her coming, and yeah. he was getting antsy. He was ready to gallop. Yeah. He And then he was going sideways, which is hard to control. Luckily, I heard you, and I, I got off in time, but... Yeah, uh, and then she galloped right back to me. Yeah, but she, uh, <laughs> she he was ready, and it, it was just dark enough that it would have been hard to see where he was headed. Yeah. It, so it was a, a disaster averted. Yeah, but then you got back on. Yeah, it was fine. And I relunched her, and she was fine, so yeah, that was good. She just wanted to have a little energy release yeah and on the horse note i also want to mention that um we went to the fall gold cup oh yeah yeah down you can go and let the dog out if uh, you need to the the plains virginia yeah yeah all of a sudden the dogs have been good all morning now they're acting up yeah exactly so basically um we went to the plains um the girl that trained uh gigi for me um her and her significant other Connor um, had tickets again, and it was so much fun. This time, it wasn't rainy or cold or gross, and we got to be right on the fence line and watch the races, and I highly recommend the fall races. I like them better than the spring. Yeah, because it's um, just, it was a, uh, what was it, October or November? It was a good fall day, yeah. regardless, and um, it was just a very pleasant day, and it, it didn't seem to be as crowded. No. The well, in the spring, I think you had maybe mentioned that uh, it was really rainy. Yeah. This past. It was cold and miserable. So that didn't make. But it's it seems to be more packed in the spring than yeah. in the fall. So it was it was nice. Yeah. So let's move on to the puppies. Yeah, puppies. So yeah, that's that's the ponies, puppies. Uh, some sad news. Uh, some of you may have heard it, but uh, Kelly's dog Sebastian. Um, who was a wonderful dog. Um, he got pretty aggressive cancer and then got anemia. And within a matter of weeks, so we'll talk about it here in a little bit, he was gone. It yeah. was like, jeez. Um, but he, um, I guess it started um, last summer because he started. So we've talked about him. He has, um, he had crooked 
front legs and uh, we had friends, your friends yeah. here, Debbie and Ellen and, and David uh, and Brian. Yeah. And Debbie had mentioned to you that she thought that he was looking a little thinner. Yeah. And we didn't, didn't think a whole lot. Well, of it. and part of it was we had actually put him on a diet because when I brought him in May for his vet check, they said that he had gained about five pounds and we were having some, he was starting to show some arthritic issues with his front legs and his front legs were severely deformed. And, you know, there wasn't much you could do to fix those front legs. So they were like, try to get as much weight off of the front legs as you can. And I was like, okay. And so we did cut back his food. Um, and then I guess, you know, but he, he didn't get, uh, he, he got trim, but he didn't get, um, no, I mean, thin. but yeah, but like thinner than I guess people were used to seeing him as. And, yeah. and you know what? I also like, kind of blame myself a little bit because I'm like, well, maybe if I had noticed he was losing weight, I would have caught this quicker. But the point of the matter is we had intentionally put him on a diet because he was getting chunky. I used to call him my little chunka. Yeah. And then he went from losing weight to probably not being in a good place. Although I did bring him to the vet because he stopped eating white bread. I yes. know that sounds weird, people. We, we um... We got in the habit because we would like toast, make toast in the morning and give a little bit of the dog. And the dogs absolutely loved whatever bread it was. They they liked the white bread. It was cheap. So (laughs) So every morning they got white bread. And then weirdest thing, uh, he he had an appetite for everything else, but he stopped eating the bread. Yeah. He just had no interest in it. Yeah. And he he was a foodie. He was a hound. So like he was never like one to miss a meal, right? And so um, I brought him to the vet. I was like, hey, he's lost a lot of weight. Um, stopped eating bread. He stopped eating white bread. I know it sounds kind of crazy. But um, I think he's really skinny, and I think something's wrong with him. And she was like, well, okay, on a scale of 1 to 10, I would put his body weight as, like, a low 5, and that's good. Because, like, we don't want to see dogs, especially with his front legs, you know, obese because you know that's bad especially with a basset hound cross if you know and she went on she's like but let me go and take him and do an examination she did an examination didn't find anything like huge red flags we decided to do a full panel on him i did a full panel on him the only thing that came back is that he had some crystals forming in his urine and so they thought well maybe that's making him a little off so they switched him from the hydro hydrolyzed protein diet which is based he was on that since he was younger because he had allergies they had allergies and he had these bumps on him that appeared to be mast cell tumors but they weren't or they at at least at that point in time they didn't appear to be um and maybe they were and maybe that was just like the you know what happened with the spleen in the end but anyways long story short as soon as we got that food it was like the day after we brought him home and they told us nothing was wrong with his blood work um he stopped eating he was like nope not eating that so we moved him back to his normal diet and he ate that and then he just started to like get a little more lethargic yeah and so i rushed him back to the hospital so this was like a week a little less than a week no it was like four days yeah uh, we took him back and the test results were completely different so i don't know what happened and the earlier test results or what happened in four days, but yeah. And so then when they did the blood work on him this time, he was in, um, severe, um, 
autoimmune hemoglobin anemia. Yeah. And um, I wasn't getting that, that that was the major problem. I thought that the major problem was when they also, um, when they also x-rayed his abdomen because the vet found that his spleen was enlarged, um, that his spleen was incredibly enlarged. And then we ended up taking um, the option to do an ultrasound. And with the ultrasound, we did a biopsy. Um, unfortunately, when they did the ultrasound, um, I was told that his spleen had this classic giraffe pattern. Like to draft, it. draft spots. Yeah, and that um, that's always indicative um, in most cases of uh, lymphoma. Yeah. And so I thought we could just remove the spleen. I wasn't understanding that you, because of the autoimmune hemoglobin anemia, that he was. He was he was dead. <laughs> he, he was, was a, on the way. He, he was on the way um, that his body was killing himself. So and typically the biopsy results come back more quickly, but it was like day after day, and it was like was five days. Back. So we got to Saturday. My friend. Uh, and he he was at the vet. We left him he, at the vet. We left him there. We, we don't feel like if he got worse, it, it would be good to have him at home. Yeah, I didn't want him to suffer, and I wanted him to at least be on fluids, so in, yeah, in pain medicine until we knew. And so my friend, or yeah, my friend who was actually his vet in Maryland as well, um, Dr. Lane, um, and I were communicating and she had offered to remove the spleen. Um, I had his records sent to her and then she basically was like, okay, here's the deal. She explained the anemia. She explained to me what was going on better. Um, so then it like made sense more. Um, and like she said, you're shooting a dart in the wind. Um, yeah, it does. It all all angles are pointing to lymphoma um, of the spleen with the autoimmune hemoglobin anemia that, you know, he's probably not, and he's not responding to the prednisone. That was the other thing that they had put him on that, you know, he's probably not a candidate to have his spleen removed because it will just make him worse. Like his body's or already get on cancer treatment. Um, so she's like, you know, it would be great if his results came in just so you knew definitively what he had. Um, so the next morning, so Sunday morning, we weren't expecting the lab results to come but in. I but I had already kind of made the decision to put yeah. them down. But they came in. They came in, and it was definitive. He had he, lymphoma plus the anemia, and his blood markers dropped even more. Yeah, and so we say goodbye. Yeah, it was uh, it was a hard one because he's just such a nice dog. Yeah, um, and it will take some time. But and he wasn't our oldest dog. Yeah. You know, I think most people will agree with me. That when you have a bunch of older animals, you don't expect the younger one to go first. Yeah. Um, and then there was some significance there too. It was literally a year to the day. Yeah, this is the weird thing. Is like the um, the year before Boo, who was an older dog, fifteen or sixteen. Which, you know, we it was his time. Kind of knew he was on his his last leg, and uh, we kept him. He was. We were able to get him good treatment and keep him going for a little while longer. But yeah, he finally it was time to to go. Um, but the exact same day, um, the, the ninth, later. you had to put, uh, put Sebastian down. And... So I don't know what the significance of that is. I used to, um, believe that there was always significance in things like that. Um, so all I can say is if Sometimes somebody else dies on the 9th of October next year, I'm having a shaman come out <laughs> and the shaman's going to bless the property and myself because I feel like there's a little bit of a gray cloud over me since shaman or shaw woman. Yeah, I mean, I've lost my three pets. 
my three house pets since I um, moved here. Yeah. And Dottie, Dottie was old. Yeah, she was she was and gone. And Boo was old. And she died in the spring. But Sebastian, oh. Yeah, he was he was a hard one. So I also like I wanna give credit where credit is due. Um for those of us that are pet lovers, um I had a really great boss when I was um, a couple of years ago that was phenomenal at understanding that some people love their animals as much as they love their like humans. Kids, yeah. yeah. So he reached out, and I just want to like give a big shout out to Tom because honestly, having a boss that understands or gives you the space or whatever is just like super important in today's age, especially. Yeah, they foster dogs, they foster do. labs. They do, definitely. So he, he got it. He got it. Um, it just, you know, for me, um, I'm not saying anyone did anything bad to me this time, but it made me really stop and think because Tom reached out to, you know, send his sorries um, or console whatever. <laughs> sorry, so You're sorry. Really sorry. <laughs> um, and it just meant a lot to me. And I realized, like, I might have to going forward – if I find a new job, just make sure that the people I'm working for are, are animal lovers because. Yeah. Like, especially when you have horses. Yeah. I've got horses. I've got dogs. I got cats. I've got like birds that fly into the barn and bunnies that cats try to kill. Like, come on. Like I'm trying to save everything. So it's just me and it's who I am. And there's nothing worse than feeling like weird and awkward because you're grieving the loss of a pet. Yeah. And, um, I have a lot of friends that are in the same boat right now. I've had a couple of them reach out to me and actually I posted something on LinkedIn about it and reach out to me on a side note telling me how much they appreciated that post because they felt the same thing. They felt awkward or like uncomfortable telling their managers about like needing to take time off for their animals. And I think it's like a travesty in the sometimes in the workforce that you're not able to take sick leave for your animals. Yeah. Because they are part of your family. But anyways, I'll get off my soapbox Yeah, so now. Tom Tom was uh, good. Yeah, he it's was good. But the rest of the animals are doing really well. Elvis has not really taken to being yeah, an alpha so dog. Yeah, sticking with the uh, puppies. Uh, Sebastian, of all, like, it, it confounded us because we got here and at the time it was uh, Sebastian, Boo, Obi, and then we inherited Elvis with the farm and uh, we figured Elvis might like step in as the alpha because he was a pretty good sized dog and pretty energetic. And one day, and I think we told this story a long time ago. One day when we first got here, uh, I was getting Sebastian's food and Elvis came over to try to get some. And Sebastian just let out this deep woof, woof, woof. Elvis jumped a mile back. And from that point on, Sebastian was the alpha dog. <laughs> So with, with Sebastian's passing, it left us with Elvis, Obi, and Wicket, my mom's dog. Obi is certainly not alpha. He is He's so submissive. He's a, just a, kind of a good-hearted lab. So Elvis is the most obvious because Wicket's a, a small Yorkie. Um, but he just doesn't want to seem to be alpha. He just wants to be like playful Elvis and yeah. like, let me boss Obi but around. Then, but then I felt bad because Sebastian and him used to run around the property yeah. like lunatics. Which was another interesting thing because Sebastian, when we got here to the farm, he lived his best life because he, he has crooked legs, but his back legs were super powerful. And so he could keep up with Elvis for a, for a long time. And yeah. he just would run around and 
that's where I think his front legs were starting to go a little bit. But he yeah. had a good time with him. And but like Elvis is just like he's got some neuroses. Yeah. Well, I took him over to my friend Lily's place to play with her dog Rupert, who is like the sweetest. He's dog a ever golden yeah doodle. and i was like he's just all play yeah he's just a big <laughs> i was like oh elvis needs fur. somebody to play with yeah no he didn't he just stood there and guarded me and made weird noises and was just was like completely socially in he was socially awkward and he's been when he took him to southern states he was socially uh, he awkward. was and, too in the, the vineyard yeah the vineyard so like but he's good he just doesn't want anyone coming near me. Yeah. yeah. So, He's like super possessive and protective of me, so which is be... great if I ever had a man come up to try yeah. to like kill me with a knife or something. But when people are being friendly. <laughs> He's like, so we have to be careful being too, uh, too lovey with Elvis because he would become overly protective. Yeah, um, but th- he's getting along great with uh, Obi, and they've uh, accepted Wicked into the pack. And they have, so it's 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 good. It's just like it's going to take some time yeah. to recover from Sebastian before yeah. we think about getting Fosters or anything. So. Yeah, we just need to like chill, and so that moves us on to gardening. Not yeah. a lot there. I mean, into the spring. Uh, Speak for yourself <laughs> as I spit on you. Sorry. <laughs> We are trying to do some uh, winter gardening with yeah. some hoops and the, the beds and fabric over top. So we've got some plants that are surviving, some winter like cabbages and collards and uh, lettuces. Mm-hmm. So I'll see you today. i got to take everything off. It's a sunny Thanksgiving and see how things are doing. We had a freeze here for the past few days. Yeah. Um, so we're doing that and we've got a a small greenhouse we've got to clear clear out and put some things in yeah and i bought david austin roses i wanted to get oh, yeah. the big That's english right. roses and of course we planted them outside of the fence line and then the deer thought they were really the deer, delicious the deer are not supposed to eat them there's no, a couple things we've planted. deer resistant and they're like hello delicious we have a lot of deer around here and even the the crepe myrtles that we planted last summer they're not supposed to eat like crepe myrtles but the one they've like butchered but luckily it's pretty resilient so it should come back so hopefully what i'm going to try to do going forward is make sure any um bush plant that we plant is more for like cutting flowers so we can have arrangements and fun things like that around here and then maybe hopefully in sometime in the spring we can pull out those crazy evergreens and put in a pond but not a pond but you know what i mean like a little koi pond yeah um, and we have a fenced-in garden area that we could expand out and do more yeah. plantings. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that is the peonies. And then pick-me-ups. Um, Ooh, you have two drinks. You yeah, so uh, Kelly's parents were up. And actually, what inspired us was when we were at the, uh, the horse race, uh, Lisa and Connor made an uh, apple cider bourbon mix. Oh, yeah. So we, and I think we did one, we talked about it in an earlier episode, we did one a year or two ago, and this year it was uh, uh, half and half, like two ounces each of apple cider and bourbon, and then uh, I think it's one ounce of ginger beer, which gave it kind of a fizziness, and then a, a tablespoon, or I'm sorry, a teaspoon of maple syrup, so it really gave it a rich, nice, balanced flavor. So that was like an apple cider yeah. cocktail. And then um, the other night we did a pomegranate. We had pomegranate juice yep. and just decided to try to make a pomegranate martini. So it's uh, one and a half ounces vodka, one ounce of the juice. So you could really use any juice. Yeah. And then uh, half an ounce of triple sack yep. to give it some sweetness and a little splash of lemon. It was good. Yeah, definitely. Um, so 
And I think one of my goals this winter is to try to figure out how to do a really delicious pear martini. Yeah. One that doesn't taste too vodka-y. So that will be a good thing. And we've, you know, consistently went and picked up our wine. Yeah, so we have a lot of, in Loudoun County, Virginia, there's a lot of wineries, a lot of vineyards. Um, So we have a couple memberships at a couple. And you get a bottle, essentially it's a bottle of wine a month. Yeah. I uh, pay pay into the club, and so it's nice, and it's nice to get away from time to time to go yep. to winery, and don't have too far to to go. Um, so yeah, that's the pick me ups portion. Yeah. So now into the we've got the poultry, putty tats, and products. So um, poultry, not much. Still working on the chicken. <laughs> we start calling it the chicken coop from hell. Yeah. It's just taking forever, and that's on me. But we've no, got, it's on both of us. We've got it, so we had it up. Everything's fine. The roofing's on. Everything. It's it's really well well protected. It'll be uh, our fallout shelter. If yeah. There's a tornado. And Kelly painted it. It looks really really nice. Although we realize oh, the front of it, uh, people say do it yourself. Just do it, and you'll make mistakes. And so in this case, we designed the front with the uh, two, two windows, windows and then the nesting, nesting box that <laughs> so you open up to get the eggs. And so now it looks like a big robot face. Yeah, because I like I painted the trim on the nesting parks with black paint because I did the we do the, the trim, trim on black. black and the, the 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 house itself is kind of like a Federalist blue or something. No, it's called Pacific Coast. Uh, Pacific Coast blue. It's 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 nice, but now with the, the trim around the eyes, the trim around the it looks like one of those the, not <laughs> eyes, the windows. It looks like eyes. But like one of the things like those like old fashioned computer. Robots. like generated robot smiley faces that's what it looks like so we're gonna paint the nesting box back to blue blue, so So we can try to change that so anyhow so then last couple weeks i've sealed it in i got caulking and so i have to go through and retouch up the paint um and then i've got to finish up today the uh the insulation and get the board on on top of that then get the flooring down and we're good to go to move the the chickens in but they've been doing fine we have the three hanging in that only one pat is laying so yeah um pat who we thought was a uh hermaphrodite, hermaphrodite at the beginning actually has been the most reliable yeah. layer she is and she's the alpha I and mean, she's 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 a uh, she's it she yeah. gets it for us gets it done for us yeah so that's the poultry we may get some um some chicks in the uh spring once we get the um just a couple uh, once we get the uh, run filled, just uh, someone said that you can uh, that older chickens can uh, adapt to having the chicks and kind of become motherly. So we'll see. And then you talked about maybe ducks at some point. Yeah, um, maybe. So then, putty tats, cat, the kitty cats, um, they have come through for us. Yeah. So we got them to the be hunters. mousers because uh, we get a lot of mice coming in in the winter. Yeah, and then we've got uh, uh, moles and voles yeah. uh, in the yard, and they they are doing their job. They are indeed. One of the things we need to do is get a vet to give them their rabies shots yeah. because it's just too much to try to like corral them. So we're gonna try to find a travel vet to come here and treat at least the cats. Yeah, and maybe see how that works, and maybe get them to do the dogs in the future. Yeah, because like it is just hard with Obi coming in and out. Uh, Obi's hard to get in the the car yeah. into the. Yeah. yeah. So the cats are doing good. Um, you know, 
Tussie, who was the one that I like thought wanted to be a house cat, has turned out to be a ruthless feral hunter. Yeah. Um, and I will say, um, I used to be against ma- uh, mice traps, the snap traps, but actually, I have learned that mouse traps, the, the again, the snap traps, are more humane than a cat. Oh yeah. <laughs> the snap are... trap is like it gets the job done quickly and for the most part cleanly. Uh, the cats are torturous yeah they are they get the mouse and they're like batting it around and then it runs away and they go get it again and they just wear it down it's like it's a game for them so it's interesting it's i've never seen cats with mice but it's interesting um and then there there was one funny story about the bunny oh yeah so my office is actually um in the tech room um because we want we have a very small house as we've mentioned and um it was, you know, sometimes audio with us both being on conference calls. It would just like alleviates us being in the same space. So we ended up putting the internet to the barn. It's been great. Um, but the cats come in and out as I'm working. And one day I was on a conference call with leadership and noticed a hop hop out of the corner of my eyes. I'm like, oh, that's weird. And then I saw the cat and then I was like, oh gosh, hop hop, cat no, this is bad. And so I jumped up, never even excused myself, didn't shut off my video or anything, grabbed the cat so I could scoot the little baby bunny out of the tack room. Uh-huh. I get the baby bunny out of the tack room. I put the cat down, I shut the door, and the cat's like, Meow! and I have to come back onto the call like, hi, I'm sorry, I just needed to save a baby bunny. But anyways, that was my funny cat story. Yeah. Um, Not very funny for the baby bunny, but it survived it and survived. got out. And- yeah. Exactly. And then, um, so that's the Putty Cats. Yeah, so the last one is Product. And Big um, yes. big by there, we finally got a tractor just yeah. to have something multi-purpose yeah. to get a lot of different jobs done. And um, did a lot of uh, research and visiting and trying to size the right one, find what the most affordable was for us and what our needs were, and settled on uh, Kubota. And the our... Uh, Guy, Matt, that we get the hay from mentioned um, Antietam. Antietam Tractor and Supply, I think it is, in Hagerstown, Maryland. So mm-hmm. we went there, and Kelly's parents came with us and found uh, – we originally were looking at a lower model and then the uh, lower horsepower, torque, everything, but fiddled on the next one up, and glad we did because it's yeah. it gives us uh, more, um, more oomph than what we would have yeah. had. But – so the you can tell talk about the sale it was all good everything was good like um so i we financed so that was good um and everything was done over the phone which is great um they delivered it on a saturday and thankfully justin was our salesperson but um everybody showed us they did they went through the whole like showing us how to do the tractor and then they left and then later on in the day we decided to take the tractor and um flail well well kelly kelly took it out i was in the house and then i I could hear her driving the tractor and then i wasn't hearing the tractor and she comes in and says the tractor exploded so (laughs) i said blew up yeah blew up so i immediately thought holy shit the tractor's on fire and so we went out. It was still smoking, um, but it was completely dead. Yeah. Uh, opened up the hood. Saw a little at the time. Radiator fluid. Radiator fluid, antifreeze, coolant. And um, we were thinking we're not going to be able to get it started. Let it cool down completely. Got it started. And then I took it. Kelly followed me. I took it up to the upper paddock. And she was 
telling me to do some of the same things she was doing. And it was going, going, going. And then just like she did, she took it up a, an incline, a, a slight hill, and it was going fine. But it, I mean, the, the one thing we did say is it didn't have, it. we didn't feel like it had the power that we the thought pickup. it should have. Yeah. yeah. But going up the hill and it was fine, fine. And then it started to sputter and I tried to get it into neutral and let it cool down a little bit and it just dropped out. Yeah. It was done. So then opened it up. This time, a lot more radiator fluid. Um, let it cool down. Got it started back up. Put it in the barn. Yeah. Called Monday. Um, well, we called right away. Yeah. I oh, left yeah. messages. Yeah, yeah. And then called again Monday morning, and they came back out. It was like 10 or 11. Yeah, and, and they took it away. And they, they said, that is weird. That yeah, and the guy happened. said to me, I've been here almost three years, and I've never had this happen before. The guy that dropped it off, and he was lovely. And I was like, yeah, typical. Like, it's me. Yeah. It, like, Murphy's Law is me. And so... So they left the, the bucket. They left the, the mowing attachment. No, they, oh, took, they, took, the they took the whole thing. Okay. They, except for the mowing attachment. They left that behind. But they took the bucket. They took the bucket. Yeah. And they put it on the dyno. And apparently, the thing that they said is that there was a hole in the um, coolant reservoir. And then there, there was, was a, something else like wrong with crack, the block. Like crack in the radiator block and they uh our, our fear was that they were going to try to get it fixed and give it back and they said no we're going to replace the whole yeah. tractor they they kept the our original bucket. bucket yeah and then just got us a new tractor and brought it in yeah within we're, a day or so and yeah definitely and they ha they kept it on the machine for a little bit longer to make sure nothing bad was going to happen and then the guy like really wanted me to mow with it a couple times around just to make sure they you know so my point is what could have been a real disaster with a new vehicle or a new tractor turned out to be very, very pleasant and yeah. so unhassle-free. So highly recommend yeah. um, Antinum and um, Hagerstown. Yeah, so that's the big buy. Um, I thought there was one other product. Um, uh, we need to get a microwave. Oh, yeah, the microwave, <laughs> yeah. The... We don't like our Bosch stuff because it broke. I, I, I blew it up. I did says, blow that up. Yeah. Everybody says Bosch is great, which that's that in the the reviews are great, but our experience with Bosch has not been stellar. Um, but anyhow, we'll see. Yeah. So that's coming, and then we wanted to conclude. Uh, so Kelly's friend, our friend Shyla. Oh yeah. Um, had uh, just changing jobs. She was at OMB, but she was able to uh, reserve the bowling at the bowling, White House. bowling alley at, at the White House complex and. Uh, we got to go in and bowl in the White yeah. House. And not only did we get to bowl at the White House, which is like a once-in-a-lifetime experience for most people, um, by the way, we got to spend an entire night away from the farm, like yeah, sleep that was the first in night. the city. Because um, Kelly had gotten uh, Kelly's parents were uh, very kind to come up and Generous, yes. watch the, uh, the dogs, and Kelly's dad is a horse person, and... So he's, he uh, can handle bringing the horses in and taking them out and cleaning. For and, the most part, even when Gigi's being uh, bad. Yeah, Gigi can get kind of rambunctious. Um, so yeah, we got to just get a, and a hotel he, room. And he used his points to get us a hotel room, yeah, which in, is even nicer. In D.C., so we didn't have to like, uh, we got to enjoy the evening and a lot of good uh, good folks to hang yeah, out with. Yeah, it was a great time. Yeah, it was nice. So, so yeah, so thanks to uh, Shyla for... Inviting us. Yeah, that was uh, really nice on her part. Yeah, and her friends that yeah. um, surprised her 
and um, organized the dinner and everything. Yeah, so nice. that was really sweet. Yeah. And for Dan, Dan actually was the one that reserved uh, from the OMB. From so OMB, he so. was wonderful. So big thanks to everyone for including us yeah. in the fun. So that wraps up uh, the 19th episode on this Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving yeah. to everybody. From Phlox Blue Moon Farm. From, oh, yeah. Sponsored by <laughs> the only sponsor, our, the, ourselves. Ourselves with no sponsors at all. And no income. But... <laughs> no income. Whatever. All right. <laughs> all right, y'all. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye, Bye. now.